is the main event. What you gonna do? If you're so mad, best there is, best there was, best there ever will be. Woo! Yeah! I am, yeah. I am the game. Costco go said so. Oh my god! What I'd like to have right now. Rest in peace, Waterrush. To be the man, you gotta beat the man. Are you ready? Everyone has a price. Yeah, I've come here to fight. Standing ovation here. Let's go to our ring announcer. Introducing your old school pro wrestling nostalgia podcast, Beyond the Bell. Welcome back, old school fans, as we kick off the road to WrestleMania here on Beyond the Bell, a part of the SNS Radio Network. And I'm your host, Sean Beckerman, back with you once again to bring you all things retro in wrestling. This is your pro wrestling nostalgia podcast, taking the IWC by storm. Even the macho man Randy Savage admitted such. We will take you back to this past week's SNS Unplugged as we debut the brand new commercial for Beyond the Bell featuring the macho man Randy Savage. But this week we kick off, like I said, the road to WrestleMania as we continue on chronicling and analyzing the history of the Royal Rumble in celebration of the big event taking place tonight believe it tonight on pay-per-view we return with our second installment of the history of the spectacular event previously on beyond the bell number 85 we went back in time to review the rumble from its inception in 1988 through 1995 tonight We look ahead at the next five years in Royal Rumble history from 1996 through the year 2000 as the new generation comes to a close and we enter the Attitude Era. I'll tell you, I'm standing here with the one, the only, the charismatic Shawn Michaels. Congratulations. A lot of tense moments, but Shawn, the one goal that has eluded you is one step closer. I've completed phase one. The heartbreak kid and his click. You know, back in medieval days, back when the dinosaurs were running around, lots of stuff used to run wild, but that don't happen anymore. The coolness of the click is gonna run, not wild, but rampant in the 90s. HBK has completed phase one, and next, the click and HBK got a one-way ticket to WrestleMania and the World Wrestling Federation Championship. I don't wanna say that I told you so, but <laughs> oh, just so, it happened. For the second time, the Heartbreak Kid went out there, outlasted every superstar that the World Wrestling Federation has thrown in front of him. Said I was going to do it, Gus Turner, and I did it. Sean, let me ask you this. What about the announcement just by interim president Gorilla Monsoon? You will face whomever the WWE champion is at WrestleMania. We now know it. February's in your house. It's Big Daddy Cool Diesel against Bret Hart. What if Big Daddy Cool is successful? And it's you and Big Daddy at WrestleMania for the second time. One more time, you know something, my big buddy has cleaned my clock once before, 
And if I know Big Daddy Cool, he's going to clean my clock again. But this time, I'm telling you, the click is going to be behind me. You know, he's changed, you know. He's got a bad attitude, that big guy. But I still love him anyway because he's my big buddy. Whatever happens, whether it be the hitman, whether it be Big Daddy Cool, unfortunately, it just doesn't matter because the heartbreak kid, Shawn Michaels, is going to be the man in 96. The 1996 Royal Rumble was the ninth annual edition. It took place on January 21st at the Celent Arena in Fresno, California. If you look back on the poster of the event, Big Daddy Cool Diesel on the cover, giving the big boot to the King of Hearts, Owen Hart, with the tagline, You've Been Warned. The main event of the evening, besides the Rumble match, was the Undertaker defending the World Wrestling Federation Championship against Bret the Hitman Hart. This was around the time when we started to see a heel hitman and the return of the Hart Foundation as his frustrations were running high, leading up to his feud with Stone Cold Steve Austin. Let's take you back before the pay-per-view began. Hunter Hearst Helmsley Triple H participated in the free-for-all match against Duke the Dumpster Drossy. In all actuality in this match, Duke the Dumpster Drossy defeated the future COO of the WWE in just over six minutes in the free-for-all, now known as the kickoff shows before the pay-per-views. Ahmed Johnson defeated Double J Jeff Jarrett by disqualification in just a little over six minutes as well. And for the WWF World Tag Team Championship, the Smoking Guns, Billy and Bart defeated the Body Donnas, Skip and Zip, of course, with Sonny. Gold Dust with the lovely Marlena defeated the bad guy Razor Ramon for the WWF Intercontinental Championship. Amazing to think of Goldust in 96, really when he debuted as he targeted Razor Ramon. No one will forget the heart on Goldust's chest that said Razor on it. This would mark Goldust's first Intercontinental Championship, a big milestone, and he is setting even more milestones today with the great work he's doing as he is tag team champions with his brother Cody. The Brotherhood is running roughshod in the tag team division in the WWE. The main event title match featured The Undertaker with Paul Bearer defeating Bret the Hitman Hart by disqualification for the WWF World Heavyweight Championship or WWF title. They used both terms, you could say, during this period. And in the Rumble match itself, going a little under an hour, 58 minutes, 49 seconds. Supposedly, a new entrant came out every two minutes, but it was really approximate, a gimmick time, so to speak. Some a little under two, some around the two mark, some exactly the two mark. The winner of the Rumble match, the Heartbreak Kid Shawn Michaels, winning his second Rumble, eliminating his former friend Big Daddy Cool Diesel in the process. This was a big year for sports entertainment as we saw the departure of Diesel and Razor Ramon heading off to WCW as Shawn Michaels would lead D-Generation X as he would battle Stone Cold Steve Austin leading into the Attitude Era. A final note of this rumble that this was the first rumble to play the 
entrance music of each wrestler when they entered the Rumble match itself. This added a new element to the Rumble instead of just hearing the buzzer and just the crowd and their reaction, ovation, booing, cheers for the superstar coming down the aisle. Now they were able to await the music of the superstar, a great touch to the Rumble that we all enjoy to this very day. After 1997, the 10th annual Royal Rumble, taking place on January 19th from the Alamo Dome in San Antonio, Texas. A huge event taking place at a huge stadium. The back-to-back two-time Royal Rumble winner, the Heartbreak Kid Shawn Michaels, was on the cover of the poster for this year's Rumble event. The motto, no more Mr. Nice Guy. This stemmed from the Survivor Series encounter between Psycho Sid, the former bodyguard, 
Shawn Michaels and bodyguards don't do well together. Sid taking on Shawn Michaels for the WWF Championship. Surprisingly, this was at Madison Square Garden in which I witnessed in person live on pay-per-view the shocking turn of events as Sid taking the camera from the cameraman, the famous spot, taking the camera away, hitting it straight into that of Shawn Michaels and capturing the WWF title. This leads us to the Rumble match itself, the Royal Rumble event, should I say, in which the return match would take place in Shawn Michaels' hometown of San Antonio. The undercard was filled with storylines that were the semi-hot thing at the time for the WWF. The feud between Goldust and Hunter Hearst Helmsley really centered around Goldust manager Marlena. During the free-for-all at, or should we say prior to, In Your House 12, Triple H attempted to seduce Marlena, but Goldust responded by attacking Triple H during matches in the following weeks. It escalated. The feud between the two finally hit a breaking point on December 30th in 96 on an episode of Raw during a match between Goldust and Jerry the King Lawler. Triple H came out to the ring and tried to carry Marlena away. Mark Merrow, who had dropped the Intercontinental title to Triple H, blocked Triple H's path, but the distraction was enough to cause Goldust to be counted out. On July 22nd of 96, Farouk Assad made his WWF debut, the former Ron Simmons. He attacked Ahmed Johnson, the Intercontinental Champion at the time, and claimed that he attacked Ahmed because he was not from the streets. This would lead to Farouk debuting the Nation of Domination. So these two feuds were centered around the Intercontinental title, then branched off into their own paths as Goldust would take on Triple H for the Intercontinental Championship, and Farouk Assad would battle Ahmed Johnson at the Royal Rumble. Vader and The Undertaker did not have a substantial build-up to their match at the Rumble 97. Vader had joined other heel wrestlers to attack The Undertaker on multiple occasions, but there were no major storylines behind their match, really. The Undertaker had been involved in a feud with Paul Bearer that dated back to SummerSlam of that year. This is when Bearer had turned on The Undertaker and aligned himself with Mankind, the infamous spot. On January 5th of 97 of that year of the Rumble, on an episode of WWF Superstars, The Undertaker attacked Vader's manager, James E. Cornette, leaving Vader without a manager at the Rumble. So those three undercar matches went ahead at the Rumble in San Antonio. The free-for-all featured a lot of Mexican talent, so to speak. The minis, Mini Mankind, Mini Vader, La Parquita, Mascarita, Sagrada, Octagon, Blue Demon Jr., and others, Heavy Metal, Abismo Negro, all took place, all battling in separate matches at the free-for-all. The minis, the Mexicans, you name it. The free-for-all had it in the Alamo Dome. Triple H defeated Goldust to retain the Intercontinental title. Ahmed Johnson defeated Farouk by DQ. Vader defeated The Undertaker. And in a six-man 
you could say, Mexican tag team match that we saw some of the superstars from the previous free-for-all event battle it out. El Canic Hector Garza and Pero Aguayo defeated Fuerza Guerrera, Heavy Metal, and Jerry Estrada. This was certainly to fit the the San Antonio crowd to fulfill the the highly popular Mexican culture around the area. Then the Royal Rumble match took place in which we saw 30 competitors battle it out this time in approximately 50 minutes, 10 minutes shy of the typical time for a Rumble encounter. Therefore, a lot of the superstars came out in rapid fire as it was approximately every 90 seconds this Rumble. They featured it to be the fast-paced, high-powered Rumble match, I guess because they wanted to focus and spend more time on the main event. At this point, the Rumble wasn't really the main event match during the entire pay-per-view. It was really the semi-main as they focused on the WWF title. Now it seems the Rumble is the selling point for the event itself. This year kind of brings back to the old school is where they are focusing on the WWF World Heavyweight or should we say WWE World Heavyweight Championship match, as well as the Rumble, but in the Rumble match itself, Stone Cold Steve Austin winning the Battle Royal, becoming now the number one contender for the WWF Championship. The end of this Rumble was filled with as much controversy as previous Rumbles as Austin was eliminated by Bret Hart, but, but but came back in the ring, came back in the ring while officials were distracted by a brawl on the other side of the ring, and in turn eliminated Hart and became the winner of the Royal Rumble. This was when Austin was a heel using heel tactics, but the fans, some a good majority of the fans in San Antonio, San Antonio liked this finish, and Austin was now the winner of the Royal Rumble. So leaving the Rumble match, there was controversy, and this would be settled the following week on Raw, which we'll discuss after we recap the main event. Shawn Michaels, Psycho Sid, San Antonio, Texas. The feud between the two dated back to 1995. We saw Shawn Michaels hire Sid to be in his corner during the HBK Big Daddy Cool Diesel main event at WrestleMania 11. Sid interfered by distracting the referee, but the plan backfired when the referee was unable to count the pinfall after Shawn Michaels super kicked Diesel. The following night on Raw, Shawn Michaels told Sid that he would not be needed in case of a Michaels-Diesel rematch. Sid responded by turning on HBK and powerbombing him three times. I remember when powerbombing, it felt like he was going to fall directly off Sid's back. He just threw him up in the air. Unbelievable. This attack led to a feud between Sid and Diesel. But Sid and Michaels were reunited as partners in an elimination match at the Survivor Series in 95. And during the match, Michaels accidentally kicks Sid in the face, which led to Sid being eliminated. Sid retaliated by, by powerbombing Michaels again. Once again, the feud was not developed as Sid left the WWF, but he returned on the July 8th episode of Raw when Michaels introduced him as a partner in a six-man match at In Your House 9. Sid did help Shawn Michaels several times, 
in the following months by saving him from attacks from other stars. But in your house 11, Sid defeated Vader to win a WWF Championship match against Michaels at the Survivor Series, in which I spoke about at the top of this recap. The rematch after Sid won the title was booked for the 97 Royal Rumble. This would lead to Shawn Michaels in HBK fashion, Mr. WrestleMania, in this case, Mr. Royal Rumble fashion, super kicking Sid to become once again the WWF champion. Shawn Michaels later vacated the title though on the Thursday Raw Thursday special. Due to this and the controversial situation I mentioned previously over the Royal Rumble ending, Steve Austin, Bret Hart, The Undertaker, and Vader, the last four that were in the Rumble, were pitted against each other at In Your House 13 Final Four in a four corners match for the title for the WWF Championship. As a result, Austin was the first Royal Rumble winner not to receive a championship shot at the following WrestleMania since the stipulation was introduced in 93, as we mentioned, and Beyond the Bell 85. Also, some trivia, during his stay in the Federation, Scott Hall, Razor Ramon, has only competed at the Royal Rumble pay-per-view in championship matches, never in the match itself. Razor Ramon, quote-unquote, competed, as well mentioned. However, by that point, he was being portrayed by Rick Bogner, the fake Scott Hall. Or should we say the fake Razor Ramon, not played by Scott Hall. This is the only Royal Rumble event to be held in a stadium. All others have taken place in arenas. A very historic Rumble in 1997. Waist lock take down by Austin. Austin all over Diesel. Come on, Austin. Undertaker and Vader in the corner. And fucking mankind. Austin's been eliminated. Wait a minute. He was in there for 34 minutes. Yeah, the referees didn't see it. Austin has been eliminated. Wait a minute. The Undertaker and Vader have both just been eliminated. But Austin and Vader have been eliminated. And Diesel's been eliminated as well. And now it's over. No. No. Wait a minute here. And Vader and Bret Hart, but Austin went out. Bret Hart eliminated Stone Cold, and the referees didn't oh, see it. And Bret Hart is not going to stand for it. Maybe his feet didn't hit the floor, Ross. I saw it. I'm sitting right here, King. I didn't even see the monitor. I'm and imagine Bret Hart. I was looking at Terry. Imagine Bunkin. what's going on in his mind. Austin was eliminated. We saw it. We called it. The officials were over there with Mankind and Terry Funkin and didn't see it. Bret Hart's obsession, Bret Hart's obsession with winning our title is so evident. Bret cannot believe it. Bret Hart eliminated Stone Cold and neither referee saw it. We now focus in on 1998, the Attitude Era in full steam, in full force, full steam ahead, I should say, in the midst of the Monday Night Wars, the 11th annual event took place on January 18th at the San Jose Arena in San Jose, California. The main event was a casket match between Shawn Michaels and The Undertaker for the WWF Championship. 
The matches on the undercard were, of course, the Legion of Doom versus the New Age Outlaws for the WWF Tag Team Championship and The Rock versus Ken Shamrock for the Intercontinental Championship, plus the Royal Rumble match. In the weeks leading up to the pay-per-view, the world's most dangerous man, Ken Shamrock, had been facing various members of the Nation of Domination ahead of his booked match against the Intercontinental Champion, Rocky Maivia, now known as The Rock, defeating Kama Mustafa and Farouk with his ankle lock despite interference from Nation members. The Raw is War before the Rumble saw Shamrock team up with Mark Henry against Maivia and D'Lo Brown, but just as Shamrock looked to set his submission on The Rock, Henry turned on him, joining the nation, giving him a post-match beatdown leading to the Royal Rumble. After winning their first tag team titles, the New Age Outlaws further humiliated the champions, the prior champions, the Road Warriors, the Legion of Doom, by shaving one of Hawk's mohawks, and with the help of Degeneration X, powerbombed Animal through the announce table, damaging his back. Although not advised, or should we say, advised not to compete by doctors, Animal rested through the first few weeks of the year while the Outlaws ran roughshod through the tag team division before the pay-per-view. At the event, we saw Vader defeat Goldust, Max Mini, Mosaic, and Nova defeated Battalion, El Torito. Sound familiar, huh? And Tarantula in a six-man tag team midget match with the special referee being Sonny. The Rock defeated Ken Shamrock by disqualification to retain the Intercontinental Championship and the LOD. Hawk and Animal defeated the New Age Outlaws by disqualification as well in a WWF World Tag Team title match. This leads us to the Royal Rumble match. The buildup for the Rumble match itself focused almost entirely on Stone Cold Steve Austin. On the cover of the poster of this year's Rumble featured the back of Austin's head with kind of Hellraiser nails sticking into the top of his head with a nail directly on the back of the head with, uh, you could say, a piece of paper, a post-it note with the Royal Rumble logo. Not really a featured uh, motto or theme here, really focused entirely on Stone Cold Steve Austin. You did have the advertisement or the sponsor being 1-800-COLLECT. Definitely a retro theme of the times, but like I mentioned, focused entirely on Austin. He declared that before the match, he would be living by the motto, do unto others before they do unto me. He interfered in almost every match or any type of match regularly on Raw and appeared just as matches finished, delivering the Stone Cold Stunner to anyone in sight. He left superstars workers, staff members backstage buried under tables and chairs in the final segment of the Raw preceding the event. All competitors of the Rumble were going, or, or should I say, in the ring, waiting to draw their number, you know, the order of entry. 
This is when Austin ran in through the crowd and began to throw punches all over the ring, sparking a brawl between the various wrestlers feuding in the ring and kicking the number generator out of the ring itself. Austin was ready. And he certainly was. Coming in at number 24, winning the Royal Rumble match. Back-to-back, just as Shawn Michaels, even though... The prior year's Rumble was with controversy. Still, he was declared the winner, and this year was just the same. But legit this time, Austin now was number one contender for the WWF Championship. No fatal four-way was going to be in his way on the road to WrestleMania. This leads us to the main event. Shawn Michaels versus The Undertaker in a casket match for the WWF Championship. This was a rematch between HBK and the challenger Undertaker, who had previously fought at Bad Blood in the first ever Hell in a Cell match, in which ended with the debut of The Undertaker's brother, Kane, giving Shawn Michaels the unfair win by delivering a tombstone on The Undertaker. This allowed the almost beaten Michaels to steal the match and the title. Tamaka's opponent, Triple H in China, this is when D Generation X were running a rough shot, brought a casket to the match only for Michaels to appear from it inside and spray paint it D Generation X slogans. The following week, Shawn Michaels was delivering a promo. The same casket appeared again, but this time the Undertaker appeared from inside. He grabbed the champion, dragged him into the coffin. This made his presence known. He interfered in an interview in which Michaels was claiming to introduce the newest member, Kane of DX. Taker told his opponent, though, to leave his family out of the feud before attacking the stable and being outnumbered. Kane made a surprise appearance and actually helped his brother. He fought DX up the ramp before turning and reaching his hand out in an Undertaker-like salute, which his brother returned. It was a great segment, a great moment in time, the two embracing, and you thought, were these brothers actually getting along? This was crazy at the time. This is when Raw was red hot. It was reported that Shawn Michaels hurt his back for good, or we thought for good, in this match as he took a back body drop over the top rope where his lower back hit the the tip, the edge of the casket. Some say that that was the injury that put him out, and we thought, and we actually thought at the time after WrestleMania for good in professional wrestling. In a 20-minute match, ending with Shawn Michaels defeating The Undertaker for the WWF Championship, putting The Undertaker in a casket, and Shawn Michaels would go on to WrestleMania, WrestleMania 14 to be exact, to take on Stone Cold Steve Austin in which truly the Austin era had begun.
Cole Stunners. This is what did the rock in. After that, there was no stopping. Over the top rope. And I can't believe it's time to go Nineteen ninety-nine was upon us the twelfth annual Royal Rumble taking place on January twenty-fourth at the Arrowhead Pond in Anaheim, California. The title of the event was taken from a promise by Mr. McMahon that the first entrant in the Royal Rumble, Stone Cold Steve Austin, had no chance in hell. Of winning the match. The theme song for the event, based on the phrase, would go on to become the entrance music for McMahon Stable, the corporation, and then later just Mr. McMahon himself, entitled No Chance in Hell. This year, the main event was the annual Royal Rumble match itself. This Royal Rumble centered around the continuing heated rivalry between Stone Cold Steve Austin and Mr. McMahon. This was when their feud was in full force. Bret Hart screwing Bret Hart at the 97 Survivor Series. Stone Cold Steve Austin becoming WWF Champion at the 1997 WrestleMania 14 edition, defeating Shawn Michaels, which would lead to his departure. D-Generation X evolving, so to speak, with Sean Waltman returning as X-Pac, the New Age Outlaws, joining the group. Kane, the Undertaker, feuding. Tag teams forming, creating a solid division, all leading up to the 1998 Royal Rumble. The penultimate match for the WWF Championship was an I Quit match between Mankind and The Rock. Most of us would remember this match for its brutality, in which we'll discuss featuring chair shots. And of course, we all remember this match from being a part of the Beyond the Mat documentary. Since the inception of the corporation the night after the Survivor Series, the group had mainly come to blows with the irreverent Degeneration X, as well as the Undertaker's now Ministry of Darkness, and, of course, Mr. McMahon's arch-nemesis Steve Austin. At this point, Shawn Michaels was the commissioner of the WWF, as we thought at the time, Shawn Michaels was officially retired. Even though he didn't state so, he said he couldn't return due to injuries, but he was retired at that point and was commissioner. He allied himself with the corporation. One of the first things he did was book tag team champions the New Age Outlaws in a title defense against corporate members Ken Shamrock and the Big Boss Band. They continued on to feud with the corporation, which would lead them to turn to singles competition, wrestling as Road Dog went to the hardcore division, and Billy Gunn gained the ire of Ken Shamrock when his sister Ryan appeared at ringside only to have her sibling affection distracted when Gunn lived up to his nickname by flirtatiously mooning Ryan after Val Venus had already danced for her. Filled with his typical rage, Ken Shamrock put his Intercontinental Championship 
on the line for a chance to honor his notions of sibling protection, you could say. At the time, the woman's champion was Sable. And at that point, she was involved in a storyline with supposedly her number one fan, Tori. Then a masked wrestler identified as Spider Lady came to the ring for the match. A nod to the fabulous Moolah's screw job over Wendy Richter in the mid-80s. We haven't really discussed that moment in history. But it ended in a no contest when she started whipping Sable with her belt. The masked woman was revealed to be the late Luna Vachon, who would go on to face Sable in a strap match at this year's Rumble. So we shoot to the results. The big boss man defeated the road dog. Kent Shamrock defeated Billy Gunn to retain the IC title. X-Pac defeated Gangrel to retain the European Championship, which was involved more so, a little bit more so around this time in the Federation. And Sable defeated Luna in a strap match to retain her women's championship. This would lead us to the WWF Championship match, The Rock versus Mankind. I quit are the rules. I quit match between these two stars. The Rock and Mankind have been feuding ever since their Survivor Series in November. This was when the two met in the finals of the Deadly Game Tournament for the vacant WWF Championship. The Rock won the title that specific night with the help of the McMahons who had previously had been assisting Mankind. And Mankind was trying to be the corporate champion that Vince so desperately wanted. Instead, The Rock became the chosen corporate champion while Mankind began a feud with the corporation. Mankind even changed his look a little, a little bit, you could say, as he wore the ripped up, the famous ripped up white dress shirt with, when he was a referee, black stripes, but that crooked tie, it fit the new hardcore corporate corporate mankind gimmick, but he was now against the corporation and in turn going after The Rock. The two battled at rock bottom in your house and won the match, but Mr. McMahon stepped in and announced that while The Rock lost the match by falling unconscious to the mandible claw, he didn't technically submit. Thus, the championship would not change hands. Angered, Of course, Mankind attacked Shane McMahon and demanded another match. On the first Raw of 99, January 4th to be exact, after interference from the corporation D-Generation X and Steve Austin, Mankind won his first ever WWF Championship, the infamous tape segment that was announced on Nitro that night by Tony Schiavone that Mankind would be winning the title, which sparked Hundreds of thousands of viewers to flip from Nitro to Raw. Initially, he refused The Rock's demands for a rematch, though, despite Rock offering stipulation after stipulation to appease Mankind until eventually he quit begging, at which point Mankind revealed that he would face The Rock at the Royal Rumble as long it was an I Quit match. As we all witnessed live watching on pay-per-view or in the arena, the toll, this This match, you could say, is one of the factors that would lead to Mankind, Mick Foley having head issues. You know, physical, his his general physical condition is summarized 
in this match. His current state is summarized from what he took, the abuse he took in his career. And this event, you could say, was a microcosm of that. As chair shot after chair shot after chair shot after chair shot to the head, the Mankind initially stated in multiple interviews that it was only supposed to be, I think, a couple of chair shots, one or two, maybe three. The Rock, I guess, feeling intensity, feeling the heat of the moment, went even further. And to boot, as we saw in the documentary, Mick Foley's children and his wife and children were at ringside witnessing this. In turn, we saw The Rock defeating Mankind. You could say not in legitimate means as they took a promo by Mick Foley earlier on in the night in which he said, I will not say I quit, I quit, I quit. They took the phrase of him saying I quit, copied it. You could say cut it, spliced it, and somebody... Maybe Jerry Briscoe or Pat Patterson, someone from the corporation, or someone apart of McMahon's stable or cronies, piped it into the PA system, and as The Rock put the microphone to Mick Foley's mouth, you couldn't see his his lips move as his hair was in the way. Mick Foley, sh- we heard Mick Foley shout, I quit, I quit, I quit. It was the pre-recorded promo from Foley, and in turn, The Rock was now once again W. WF champion. This would lead us to the Royal Rumble match, featuring a number of notable build-ups. Earlier in the month, a Corporation vs. DX mini-rumble was set up, with the winner taking the coveted number 30 spot. After all the apparent competitors had entered, it seemed as if Triple H had won until Mr. McMahon made his way to the ring, entering himself on behalf of the Corporation and throwing a distracted Triple H out of the ring. Again, it seemed as if the winner was established until DX's China made her way to the ring and won the match. The event would mark the first time a female wrestler, a female superstar, a diva, so to speak, I don't know if you can call China diva, would take part in the match, the Royal, the Royal Rumble match itself. China also appeared at the Royal Rumble the following year as well, but... She became the only woman to enter the match until Beth Phoenix entered the Rumble in 2010. The most notable aspect of the Rumble, though, was the feud between Mr. McMahon and Stone Cold. Austin had won the Rumble the previous two years, and McMahon attempted to prevent him from repeating by putting him in a buried alive match at rock bottom in your house against The Undertaker with one Royal Rumble place on the line. Austin won with a little help from Kane, and was guaranteed a place in the match, but Mr. McMahon continued his attempts to prevent Austin from winning the match by supposedly quote-unquote randomly drawing Austin's spot at number one. And of course, McMahon entering himself in the match at number 30, right? Fittingly. Commissioner Michaels overrode his decision and put McMahon at number two and set up a corporate DX Mini Rumble, like we mentioned, for the spot. With Austin and McMahon being the first two to enter, McMahon wanted to guarantee there would be no chance in hell that Austin would win by not only training as a competitor, but also offering $100,000 in a bounty for the man who eliminated him, as we mentioned on the Stone Cold Chronicles. The promo work was great for this feud leading up to this event as Shane McMahon was training 
Mr. McMahon, Vince McMahon in, uh, you could say, Rocky-esque type of maneuvers, trying to catch a chicken. You know, I remember him doing set up saying, I hit Austin, I hit Austin. Classic McMahon work. Great. So McMahon and Austin. Austin number one, McMahon number two. They would start out in the rumble. The crowd was crazy. They could not wait till Austin got his hands on McMahon. And this was really, besides the infamous Austin McMahon battle on Raw, in which Austin had to be have one hand tied behind his back in the Continental Airlines Arena, which I witnessed the Meadowlands. That was the night that Raw finally beat Nitro. We were all waiting to see Austin and McMahon in the ring to compete. We saw McMahon wear his sweatshirt, his cutoff sweatshirt, to see those guns. And in turn, it wound up McMahon would leave the Rumble, but still be... You could say an active participant because he did not go over the top rope. And for most of the match, he would be either running away from Austin, fighting with Austin on the outside, or even sitting at the announcer's table. As the battle went on in the Rumble, with D-Generation X members, Corporation members, the Ministry all being a part of the Rumble, at the end... Jeff Jarrett, D'Lo Brown, Owen Hart, China were left in the ring. Austin eliminating Owen Hart. Austin eliminating China. But at the end of the match, we witnessed Mr. McMahon winning the Royal Rumble, coming back into the ring to officially win the match. By dumping out Steve Austin, McMahon was the first of two Rumble winners to give up his right to face the champion at WrestleMania. John Cena was the second. But surprisingly, everyone thought Stone Cold was going to go for a hat trick. As he was on the cover of the poster this year as well, similar logo with that post, you know, post-it type of format off to the side with Austin's face and him, of course, giving the boot for the stunner. Austin was... Hope to win back-to-back or back-to-back-to-back rumbles, the three-peat, but McMahon ruined the party as the owner of the company was the winner of the Royal Rumble. Let's go! I bet you want this! Austin, baby! Austin! That's it! That's it! Vinnie Mac! Vinnie Mac's the man! Number two! Number two! Number two! (sighs) That's it! Put your hood back on! We'll want you to catch cold out here! You don't! This is how you used to do it. This is how you build speed. You will be awesome. You'll be faster than Austin. You need greasy, fast speed. You need to be grease light. Grease light. Catch that chicken. Catch it. Catch that chicken. Get that chicken. Get the chicken. Come on, that's it. Get it. Make the Colonel proud, baby. How bad do you want this? Bad. How bad? How bad? Real bad. I can't hear you. It is cold. Freezing. Freezing, baby. How do you come through to a good state right after training? I knew you'd come through. Something like that. You're crossing me up again, aren't you, huh? I'm not well, crossing. So we you think this is just You freeze out for a freaking movie or something? You're gonna pay. After all this is over, you're gonna pay. Now open the damn door. Whatever. Here's your first one. Here you go, big boy. Wrap it up. Wrap it up. Let's go. Hit it. Hit it. That's it. Beautiful. Boom. Oh yeah. Yeah. That's it. That's it. You want Austin? Come on. You own Austin. You own Austin. Here it comes. Oh, 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 o
Good shot, good shot. Austin doesn't stand a chance. Yeah, that's it. Over him. Make it bleed, baby. That's it. Tenderize Austin's face. Beautiful, 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 beautiful. Come on, you're not so sore. That's too bad. What do you think Austin's going to do to you? Austin 316, nothing. He is toast. He is toast. Good night, baby. Forget about it. Come on, Mr. McMahon. Oh, no. Here's Austin now, second rope. Into the sternum. Mr. McMahon. Right into his chest. He gave Mr. McMahon's huge Wait a minute, chest. King, King. What? Here comes Rock. Get out here, Rock, do something. Rock is the man. Stone Cold will face at WrestleMania. And Rock is just taunting Austin. Taunting Austin. Austin wants it now. The crowd wants it now. Rumble 2000 took place on January 23rd in Madison Square Garden in New York City. I was so excited because I was pumped to see the Rumble once again. It's been a few years at that point since I've seen a Rumble live in person, so I was so stoked, so excited to once again witness the Rumble live. There's nothing like the Rumble live. The first, one of my first memories of the event was seeing the entranceway. All cars lined up, or should I say, excuse me, the taxi cab uh, drifted over top of the typical garden entranceway before they re remodeled and revamped the garden. There was the infamous exit sign, which was right at the view of the hard camera. And typically at that point, before they used the big entrances, they would use that small mini entrance. Like a few years ago, back in 09, when Kofi jumped on Randy Orton on top of the table, that infamous spot. They used that entranceway for Raw, which I really enjoyed. Very old school. That's old school. But anytime the WWF, WWE was at the Garden, they would use that exit entranceway, even well outside of house shows, because that's when they used them you know, basically all the time. But they used that entranceway for the Rumble match itself, too. And that Taxi Cab logo, it was, I think it was in uh, No Mercy or WrestleMania 2000 that... Uh, that entrance right, entrance way for for the uh, TH, THQ game, the highly popular game, which we'll discuss in another BTB. But I remember seeing that taxi cab entrance way, so class. It was so cool, so cool to watch and see in person. I actually was sitting right next to uh, a few seats down, but right next to the middle part of that taxi cab, witnessing the event live in person. Well, it was spectacular. This was the first WWF pay-per-view to air on terrestrial television in the United Kingdom. 
This was as Channel 4 had acquired the rights to the broadcast. That specific year, a part of World Wrestling Federation programming. So the main feud going into the event that year was between Triple H and Mick Foley. This was when Triple H was really red hot. Escalating to that to that next level, turning on DX, becoming the game, so to speak. And had a significant size difference, bulked up, you can say. With Steve Austin out of the picture with his neck injury, him out for surgery for an extended time, this was a perfect opportunity for Triple H to step up and be a main event player in the WWF. The McMahon-Helmsley faction began in late 99, where Triple H and Stephanie McMahon-Helmsley had control over the WWF as they were married in storyline. Their supposed power trip was disgusted or despised by Mick Foley. And in turn, this would lead to their infamous rivalry, which would in turn lead to the retirement of Mick Foley in professional wrestling. But the, you could say, the bridge to the retirement match the following month at No Way Out in the Hell in the Cell match was the main event match or the main event WWF championship match between the game, Triple H, and Mick, or should I say, Cactus Jack. A street fight was requested as Foley was suspended prior to the stipulation being announced, but the entire roster threatened to walk out if Foley was not reinstated, and of course, the street fight was requested for the Royal Rumble. The build-up towards the Rumble match began on January 10th, when The Rock announced his participation in the match. This was when The Rock was now a babyface and red-hot with the fans, taking that number one spot from Austin. The following week, The Big Show, the former giant from WCW, announced that he will win the match, and The Rock guaranteed that he would win. This, in turn, for over the next few weeks, would lead to a rivalry between The Big Show and The Rock. Another feud going into the event was Chris Jericho, China, and Hardcore Holly over the Intercontinental Championship. On the December 30th edition of SmackDown, a new show that debuted a part of WWF programming, you could say to compete with WCW Thunder at the time, there was a title match between China and Jericho, which ended in a double pinfall. In turn, they were both Intercontinental Champion. They're declared co-champions. Holly challenged China for the title, and Jericho helped her retain, in which they were both forced to work together, which created tension, of course. And this would lead to a triple threat match between Jericho, China, and Hardcore Holly. We mentioned the free-for-all. Now, prior to the Rumble, was the event, or the typical weekly show, Sunday Night Heat on the USA Network. The matches included were Christian defeating Steve Blackman, the Headbangers defeating the Big Boss Man and Prince Albert, the Godfather and D'Lo Brown in a six-man tag team match. In the second match, the Headbangers and the Big Boss Man defeated Prince Albert, the Godfather, and D'Lo in a six-man tag team match. And the main event for the Free for Heat, as I like to call it, was another singles match in which Edge defeated Al Snow by disqualification. As you can see, new stars were emerging at this time in the WWF. The first match of the Rumble was eventful and monumental. 
brand new, or you could say the newly introduced Olympic gold medalist, Kurt Angle, debuted in the WF a couple of months prior, and of course came out to make an open challenge. At this time, rumors, at this time, rumors ran rampant that a, an ECW superstar, an ECW champion, or former champion, was leaving the promotion to sign with the WWF. WWF.com made it official when they announced Taz. I emphasize this as they added an extra Z due to copyright reasons, of course, is now or was at the time a part of the WWF. We all were anticipating his debut and who what would be a perfect fit then either in the Royal Rumble match or at the Rumble itself in his home state, New York. New York City, brother. So Angle came out, of course, in his typical great promo style. Put down the audience, putting down the Knicks and his opponent. Then Taz made his WWF debut. The crowd went crazy when they heard, well, it was new. It was a new song to them. The, uh, the heartbeat, the monitor going off, the heartbeat monitor, the, the heart rate monitor, and beep, beep. And just when they saw Taz's picture on his Titan Trot, the crowd erupted. I had goosebumps for his debut. A great match. Angle climbed turnbuckles, but Taz hit the ropes. Taz was countering Angle, suplex with suplex, and Angle regained advantages, which were retaliated and countered by Taz. And this would lead to Taz applying the Taz mission, Angle passing out, and Taz winning the match, ending Kurt Angle's undefeated streak. Okay, don't look at the light. What happened? Did I win? I don't know. Okay. All, I, all I know is Did that I you win? Were, no, all I know is that you were choked unconscious, and they Choke. called us in to get you. That's illegal. Yeah. They're I not allowed know. to do that. I don't know about that, but you look a little I'm, I'm undefeated, though. Did I, did I win? I don't know. All I know is that you were choked unconscious. That's what we're here to help you out. Listen, you look a little, little unsteady. Why don't you come well, over and sit back down? If you choke me, I'm undefeated. I, well, I don't know. I'll tell you what, Angle's, he's got choked out. He doesn't even, not even aware if he won or lost. Well, he was uh, competent enough to realize that if he got choked out, that he's still undefeated. And that's the truth, Jerry. You gotta, you gotta admit. Well, choking somebody out is illegal. The referee raised Taz's hand, so officially, King, it's going to go down as a victory for Taz, controversial or not. No, I, I say that Kurt Angle is still undefeated. Ladies Great moment in Rumble history, and we saw a different side of the Olympic gold medalist. The second match was the first ever tag team tables match. Believe that or not, the first ever tag team tables match between the Hardy Boys, Matt and Jeff, and the Dudleys, Bubba Ray and Devon. The big spot of the match was when Jeff performed a suicide senton. Missed, setting himself into a table. But the rules are you must put your opponent through a table to be counted as a victory. Matt placed Devon onto a table and then Jeff sent him through it with a swanton bomb from the balcony. The big spot from the balcony of the garden. The crowd went nuts. This was truly ECW inputted into the WWF. Next was the Miss Rumble 2000 Swimsuit Contest. And this is perfect for this time as we remember the late, great Mae Young. The contestants, Ivory, Terry, Jacqueline, Barbara Bush, remember her BB, Luna, and the Cat. While the judges consisted of 
WWF legends and alumni, uh, as well as comedian Andy Richter, the contestants showed their swimsuits as the judges were deciding Mae Young appeared. And uh, she showed everybody her puppy, so to speak. Some say it was a plastic contraption, but it kind of looked real to me. It was hilarious, but disgusting at the same time. The video was censored, of course, before Mark Henry appeared, covering her up. And, of course, the judges unanimously gave the contest Miss Rumble 2000 to Mae Young, the late, great Mae Young. The next match was a triple threat match for the Intercontinental Championship between Hardcore Holly, Chris Jericho, and China. This would lead to Jericho winning the match, gaining sole possession of the title. The New Age Outlaws took on the Acolytes, Farouk and Bradshaw now, for the WF Tag Team Championship. Before the match, the Outlaws delivered their signature speech, which was great. The, the, the New York City crowd ate it up. Gun pinned Bradshaw after a famouser to retain the titles. Triple H versus Cactus Jack. We would see barbed wire baseball bats, hip toss into steps, thumbtacks, two by fours, handcuffs. This match was brutal, battling into the aisle all around, and would lead to Triple H finally performing a pedigree onto thumbtacks to win the match and retain the title. This would lead to Foley receiving a standing ovation. What a great match. And this match really cemented Triple H as a main event player. This would then lead us to the main event, the Royal Rumble match. We should know here non-participants, Kai and Tai, or you could say maybe they were, or Taka, Funaki and Taka Mishinoku, repeatedly and randomly entered the ring attacking participants. He was thrown out one point. Taka was thrown out. He flew so far. He landed almost right on top of his head. He actually went to the hospital. What a scary spot. And then I remember them repeating, and they replayed it over and over again, and Jerry Lawler just cracking up over this spot, this man that could have been killed. Another great spot was when Rikishi came in, and as well, they were, uh, we could say he was accompanied by Scotty Tuhati and Grandmaster Sexay, who were also in the match. In the ring at the same time, they cleared house, and the three of them were left, of course, performing their dance, lights going out, them dancing, and then which was preceded by a great spot of Rikishi throwing out both members of Too Cool. Great, great spot. The final four participants were The Rock, Big Show, Kane, and X-Pac. With interference from the Outlaws, we would be down to two, The Rock and The Big Show, the two feuding into the pay-per-view. Both superstars went over the top rope with The Big Show and The Rock landing, but supposedly The Big Show landed first and The Rock was declared winner of the Royal Rumble, the 2000 Royal Rumble. He would go on to WrestleMania 2000 to face the WWF champion, or so we thought. He would, but not in singles competition. The aftermath was was pretty fierce following this event. Like we mentioned, Triple H and Cactus Jack would go on to No Way Out in their Hell in a Cell confrontation. The Big Show started a feud with The Rock, as The Big Show claimed that The Rock's feet touched first before Big Show's, and he was the true winner of the Rumble. This would lead, of course, to a fatal four-way match at WrestleMania 2000 involving Mick Foley, the Big Show, 
The Game, Triple H, and The Rock. McMahon in every corner. Vince, Linda, Shane, and Stephanie. The feud between Jericho and China and Holly ended when Holly failed to win the title. And Jericho decided to move on to a feud with Kurt Angle. As Angle won the European title. The Hardys and Dudleys continued to feud, adding an edge Christian for the infamous TLC Showdowns. A great event, great pay-per-view that symbolized the WWF in 2000. with that choke slam. He told this crowd, he told the world, you will cheer for me. He said he hates The Rock and he's gonna win the Royal Rumble and the people will have to cheer him. Nobody can go one-on-one, -on -one, face to face, man to man, with a big show and survive. The Rock just seconds away from being eliminated here. It's over now, King. Oh, goodbye, Rock. I told you I'm picking the big show. The Big Show is toying with a rock. He's picking his, picking the side. Yeah. Here he goes. Uh, oh, the Big Show's over. The Rock. The Rock has won the Rumble. consideration paid for by the following are you a fan of the sns radio network want to keep up with what's going on with all the personalities and radio shows on the sns network well let me tell you how you can check out the Facebook group over at www.facebook.com slash groups slash SNS Radio Network. On Twitter, follow us at SNS Radio Network. You can follow me, Mr. Money on the Mic, Jeff Jackson, at SNS underscore JJSexA1. These are just a few ways to keep up with all the happenings going on on the SNS Radio Network. Everybody. Have you ever wondered how you can be even more interactive with the SNS Radio Network? Well, just like the WWE, TNA, and everyone else on the planet, we're on Twitter. You can check out the entire network at SNS Radio Network. If you want to hit us up on Unplugged at SNS Unplugged, you can check out the whole indie show at TWIS underscore podcast, the Elite Force podcast at 
EF underscore podcast. You can check out my show at SNS Get In The Zone. And if you want to contact us individually, you can check out our personal Twitter accounts. I'm at Bronx Father. You can talk some wrestling with Mr. Money on the Mic, Jeff Jackson, at SNS underscore JJSexA1. You can bark at the Trey Dog at Trey on the Radio. You can swim in the waters with Mark the Shark DiCarlo at S underscore Tapley, T-A-P-L-E-Y. Harass the power Andy Knowles about The Miz at the power underscore Rewind. If you want to challenge the Rasputin of sci-fi and gaming and <coughs> politics, check out Mindwipe at Mindwipe. You can follow William Walkie Walker at Walker Views. And if you want to talk some old school wrestling, you can hit up Sean Beckerman of Beyond the Bell at Sean Beckerman at S-E-A-N-B-E-C-K-E-R-M-A-N. So don't be shy. Check us out on Twitter and be interactive right here on the SNS Radio Network. Ugh, stupid bird. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to the SNS Radio Network. I'm Sean Beckerman. Please welcome my guests at this time, accompanied by the lovely Miss Elizabeth, the Macho Man, Randy Savage. Doing the thing here like nobody ever does before. Oh, yeah. Thank you, Macho Man. We're here tonight to discuss the podcast that's taking the internet wrestling community by storm beyond the bell on the SNS radio network. It covers all things nostalgia in the world of professional wrestling. We cover the history of sports entertainment. Talking about history, talking about history. And a lot of people out there, you know, they're getting in the macho man just really super strong. Yeah. Each and every week, listen to brand new content that takes you back in time from the AWA, WCW, the NWA, WCCW, the territories, Mid-Atlantic, Jim Crockett, you name it, we cover it. 1985, yeah, and 1986, Momentum, Macho Madness. I'm talking about the rest of the 80s leading into the 90s, yeah. And then I'm talking about going all the way into the year 2000 and all the way into the Twilight Zone, yeah. From famous feuds, Superstar Spotlight, as well as the popular Music Behind Wrestling series, as we cover the soundtrack of sports entertainment. Man, wow, man, freak out! Brand new shows are streamed live every Saturday night and archived the following Monday at SNSRadioNetwork.com and RingAnnouncing.com. Man, I think that your time is done. I'll say goodbye. Goodbye. Say goodbye. 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 Mr. Savage, before you leave, one more question. One more question. Sean Beckerman signing off, and I'll see you each and every week on Beyond the Bell on the SNS Radio Network. As we archived the next five years in Royal Rumble history, 96 to 2000 was certainly a memorable time in Royal Rumble history. Stone Cold Steve Austin winning back-to-back Royal Rumbles, Shawn Michaels doing the same, 
Mr. McMahon even winning the Royal Rumble and the emergence of the People's Champion, The Rock, in the year 2000. We officially kick off the road to WrestleMania here on Beyond the Bell. And next week, we will announce the content for WrestleMania Month on Beyond the Bell. So let's take it home with some old school music. Of course, it's fitting. We mentioned this theme earlier on in the show. A fitting theme for this week's edition. No Chance in Hell was the theme for the Royal Rumble in which Mr. McMahon stated that Stone Cold Steve Austin had no chance in hell of winning the Royal Rumble. It went from a pay-per-view theme to becoming the corporation's theme to Mr. McMahon's famous theme. So we'll take it home with no chance in hell here on Beyond the Bell. So until next week, fans, when we rewind and relive all things retro in wrestling, this is your personal ring announcer, Sean Beckerman, signing off. And of course, remember, stay old school, my friends.